Hi, this is a production of Community Covenant Church in Eagle River, Alaska, where our mission is to bring Christ's hope, healing, and wholeness to our community and to our world. Our service times are 9 and 11 each Sunday morning. Find out more at www.communitycovenant.net. Hey, it is good to see everyone this morning. And again, I just want to thank those of you that participated in our mission auction on Friday. It was a great event, and we had a great time. And you know what? Um, It is going to continue to fuel and support uh, our mission to bring Christ's hope and his healing and his wholeness to our community and to our world. And uh, your generosity, your participation... Uh, makes that possible. God is working through you, and I just want to give you a just a special thank you. Thank you, thank you uh, for all that you're doing. Hey, we're continuing in our series entitled The Ultimate Connection, uh, Life Together with Christ in the Center. And you might recall last week we looked at Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. And Uh, I asked a question, and the question was, are you living a questionable life? And I went on to explain what that means. It means that you live in such a way uh, for Christ, empowered by the Spirit of God, that when people look at you, they have questions. Uh, They want to know the reason for the hope that is within you. They want to know why you do the things you do, why your life uh, is lived in the way that you live it, uh, because there's a great exclamation point uh, after it, and it's all about your walk and your relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's living a questionable life. We all want to live questionable lives. That people look at us and they say, man, have I got questions? Because your life is different in a good way. And you might recall last week as we looked at the list of things that that early church did as they met together in community, as they lived into that ultimate connection with Christ in the center. Uh, one of the, the questionable areas that people looked at and took notice of uh, was their generosity. They were joyful, joyfully generous uh, as they recognized that not only their lives, but all that God had given them uh, he intended to be used in, in his mission. And of course, you know, the result of that was that they found favor. They found favor uh, with those in, in, in the community where they were there in Jerusalem. And huge numbers of people were coming to faith in Christ and joining them in that ultimate connection because they were living questionable lives. And so uh, this morning... Uh, we want to pick up on uh, the first of several themes we'll be looking at over the next few weeks uh, that we saw present in Acts 2, 42 through 47. And today we're going to look at uh, generosity. Uh, generosity. God's people are a generous people. You are a generous people. And God is making a difference uh, through your generosity, through the gifts of your time, your talent, and your treasure. Uh, and I've asked a good friend of mine, a, a special guest, to come today, Tim Hedberg. Tim, come on up. Tim is with Covenant Trust. 
and uh, he's going to talk with us today uh, about generosity. Uh, as I've said before, when Tim has been here, uh, when, when Tim speaks, uh, he brings years of experience as a pastor, and he brings a pastor's heart uh, to the pulpit and to whatever it is that he speaks about. So I'm very, very excited to have you, Thank you. Uh, today, Tim. Let's welcome Tim to Community Covenant. Thank you. Well, good morning. Thanks for, thanks for having me. It's always a joy to come up here. I live in uh, Mount Vernon, Washington, a little bit north of Seattle. And so last night I got my kids off to the homecoming dance, a son and a daughter. And then I, I came here. And, you know, I was in bed here earlier than they were in bed back home. But they had a great, a great night, the homecoming dance. This morning I want to talk to you. Todd's, Pastor Todd's invited me to talk to you about generosity. And so... We're going to get into it by looking at this text in, um, in Psalms, 119 verses, verses 1 through 6. So I'm going to read it, and then we're going to unpack it, and then we're going to do some, some application. Again, along this theme of, of generosity, um, living sacrificially and, and giving uh, generously. So hear the word of the Lord. Blessed are those whose ways are blameless who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are those, or or blessed are you, or, or blessed are we, who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. They do nothing wrong. They they walk in his ways. You have laid down precepts, or laws, or commands, or decrees, or rules that are to be fully obeyed. And then the author writes, oh, man, all that my ways were steadfast in obeying your decrees. Then I would not be put to shame when I consider all of your commands. King David wrote this psalm, and it is believed that he wrote this psalm to teach his son Solomon the alphabet and to teach his son Solomon how to pray. King David wrote this psalm, it's a, uh, Psalm 119, and it's, and it's the longest chapter in the entire Bible. And he wrote it using the Hebrew alphabet, in a sense going from A to Z. There are 22 Hebrew letters, and there are 22 stanzas in this uh, chapter, and each one of those chapters begins with one of those letters in the Hebrew alphabet. So again, he wanted to teach his son A to Z, or as my wife, the Canadian says, A to Z, and he wanted to teach his son to pray using the alphabet. He begins our verses, our, our, <clears throat> he begins in our verses for today in verses one through four, By acknowledging there is this unique way, there is this questionable way that we get to try to walk into or live according to as followers of Jesus. It's a questionable way. It causes people to go scratch their heads and go, what was that church about the other night when they gave $15,000 to mission? Wait, what's that about? King David wanted to teach his son that there is a blessed way. That God's way is when we live according to it. The precepts, the commands, the statutes is the way that leads to life. That's how he begins in verses 1 through 4. Son, little Solomon, 
You see, King David was strategic. He was a strategic parent like many of you are. He wanted to teach his son not just A to Z. Teachers can do that for us. But he wanted to teach his son how to pray. And he begins by acknowledging at the very beginning of this longest chapter in the Bible, Son, when we follow his ways, when we follow his decrees, his statutes, then our ways are blessed. Yes? Yes. But then King David, in a sense, he does full disclosure. He says in the next verses, five through six, Son, son, let me just be honest with you, son. Oh, that your dad's ways, your father's ways, your papa's ways, whatever the, the male word is in your family. Oh, son, oh, that my ways were steadfast. Oh, that my ways were faithful in following the Lord's decrees. Then I would not be put to shame. Then I would not be put to shame. You see, King David begins by recognizing God's ways, but then he confesses, Ah, I wish my ways matched up with his ways, because when they are, my way is blessed. And you know what that's like, many of you, right? When you're in step with God's ways, things just seem to flow. But when you get out of step and you follow the world's ways, you, you, you wander a bit and you recognize this chasm between your way and his way. And when you hear that this guest guy, I'm sorry, when I was pastoring for 22 years, my congregants are like, oh goodness, a guest guy? Really? I could have stayed at home and watched the Cleveland Browns, my favorite team. I've never had that happen. People clapping for the Cleveland Browns? Are you serious? Wow. I've never had that happen. That's the dog pound over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're on tomorrow night. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. Now I'm, I lost my total train of thought. I really did lose my total train of thought. Oh, when you heard that there was a guest pastor, you're like, oh no, I could watch, stay home and watch Cleveland Brown. Um, but then when you heard that the guy was talking about money, oh my gosh, you really should have stayed home, right? Because, it, because money is this complicated thing, or we make it complicated. Because the world's all about get, 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 accumulate, 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 hoard, 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 hoard. Stockpile, stockpile, stockpile. And when we go down that path, we can realize the emptiness of such way. We, we lose perspective of verses 1 through 4, God's way of money. And so today, I'm going to talk to you, I'll give you some ideas as to how my family seeks to do money in God's, according to God's kingdom ways. Because when we do it that way, verses 1 through 4, we believe that our ways are blessed. So I was a pastor for 22 years. The last 16 were in a town called Clear Lake, Washington. Again, it's north of Seattle. And when I went there, the pastor who preceded me was a gentleman by the name of Paul Wilson. And for those of you who have been in Alaska a while and part of the covenant for a while, you know the Reverend Paul Wilson. And he was the guy before me at my church. 
And Paul had a huge reputation, just a great guy. Loved the guy. I saw him two weeks ago. Just a, just a fun guy. Most of his fishing stories are made up. He didn't catch as many fish as he tells you he caught. Yeah, yeah. Um, but when Paul came up to Alaska, I thought there must be a good reason. There must be a good reason. He left his church, which was now my church, and he came up here. And so I began to track what was going on in Alaska. And then Mark Meredith left you and came down into my neck of the woods, if you will. And so I got to meet Mark. said, oh, good guy as well. So I began to track you. And it wasn't until three and a half years ago that I actually came here to your church. Three and a half years ago when I stepped into my role with, with Covenant Trust Company. And I began to see or observe part of the attraction in being up here. First of all, this place is enormous compared to my little church back in Clearlight. You're like, holy cow, this building's impressive. Before the earthquake and after the earthquake, it's impressive. Right? But let's forget about the building. In a sense, who cares about building? I got to talk with you and meet some of you and hear your stories and your passion. They go, oh, these people. I like these people, Pastor Todd. I like your people. And then I walked through your, through your walls. I didn't walk through your walls. I walked in your, uh, in your halls. In your halls. And I noticed some things about you. Some things that you're wanting to communicate, impress upon each and every generation here. But particularly the young children. In a sense, you are trying to teach your young kids the A to Z's of the Bible's way, the Bible's story. And you have these posters. Have you seen them? If you haven't, you need to go there. You have these posters in the hallway that tell the biblical story, the biblical narrative. You're trying to teach your children and yourselves God's way. Because when we live into God's way, verses 1 through 4, our ways are blessed. Verses 5 and 6, when we don't, we realize this chasm, and we realize that we don't live according to the blessed way. So because you're teaching um, people God's ways, you are familiar with stories of generosity and sacrifice. You know these stories. Pastor Todd has preached on these. The people in children's church are teaching these. In Sunday school, they're, they're teaching these stories. So let me name a few of the stories that you know here. You've heard about Abraham. When God said to him, go, and he said, where? God said, to a land I will show you. And what did he do? He went. The guy was crazy. But he gave his life over. You know about the story of Noah who who sacrificially gave up his time and talent and treasure to build this boat. No one had ever seen a boat before, but he did it because it was God's way, and that was the blessed way. You've heard stories about that little boy who had fish and loaves, right? And how he spontaneously, in the moment, gave it to Jesus. And what happened when he gave those things to Jesus? They what? They multiplied. And he fed many, many people, God did. You know about the woman who had this jar of perfume and how she poured it. She, she wasted it extravagantly. She invested it. She was very generous in pouring out this perfume on Jesus' feet. You're familiar with these stories. You know the story of Zacchaeus, this little wee man who climbed up in the tree because the Lord he wanted to see. And Zacchaeus says, Zacchaeus, or the Lord says to Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house today. And Zacchaeus welcomes him. And after he and the Lord dialogue, Zacchaeus says, Lord, here and now I will give back to you. He realizes the disconnect in his tax-collecting life. Lord, here and now I will give back to you four times as much as I've stolen from my people. See, he was seeking to do money God's ways. You are familiar 
with these stories of generosity and sacrifice. These are stories that you respect and look up to. Yes? So let's pause here. I want you to name and identify a person in your life that you respect. Okay? Can, you th- can each of you, and I'm gonna, this is the audience participation moment. So if you're asleep, this is the time to come back and engage. All right? Who is a person that you respect and why? Okay? Would someone be willing to share that? Who is a person that they respect and why? I'm not going to buy. Yes, ma'am. My father-in-law, is he in the room? Oh, wow, this is really impressive. All right. What, why do you respect your father-in-law? Great. A man who's willing to acknowledge and know his weaknesses, but he acknowledges God and follows that way. Someone else, someone you respect and why? Yes, ma'am. Pam? Okay. Okay. Yes. She stayed in Guatemala in the mountains. Wow. A woman named Pamela went to Guatemala, didn't have any support. She stayed years and years, and as a result, there's a school and impacting lives. She, she has lived generously, sacrificially. Someone else. How about one more? Just one more. Yes, ma'am. Way in the back. Speak loudly, please. Okay. Wow. Yeah. A woman who was faithful to God for 102 years. Her husband died early, and she remained faithful. Doreen Larson is one of the people I respect. She was my sixth grade Sunday school teacher in my home church of Ashtabula, Ohio. That's why I'm a Cleveland Browns fan. I was, uh, grew up in Ohio. Doreen Larson had six boys in her class. Six sixth grade boys. And Doreen was a generous lady, although she was not a woman that had many means. She bought all six of us the Good News Bible. And what was significant about the Good News Bible is that it just wasn't black and white. It had little caricature pictures in it. Anyone remember those Bibles? Oh, yes. I was so excited to have a Bible that had some pictures, even though they're like little stick figures. But it was so, so fun. But Doreen Larson, again, she's a generous lady, a woman of not much means. She brought each to us, to all six of us, colored pencils and three-by-five note cards. And every Sunday, she gave us six Bible verses that she wanted us to read. And she said this, Every time you see a town, underlined in red, any time you see uh, a person's name, underlined in blue, any time you hear Jesus talking about a promise, underline it in orange. And so the six boys read those six passages at home, or we tried to read all six passages each week. And slowly that Bible became alive. That black and white Bible with stick figures became colorful when we underlined things. She was a woman who was generous. She prepared and she touched our lives. Another gentleman that many of you know was Keith Hamilton. And when he was in seminary, I was in college. He and I did a Bible study every week and he, God used him to totally change my life. And the reason that was so um, important to me was every Sunday he bought me dinner at the pit. And at the pit, and during the week, we'd study the Bible together. And he caused me to recognize God's call on my life to enter into ministry. 
I'll forever be thankful for Keith. You have people, named and unnamed, that follow God's ways, verses 1 through 4 of Psalm 119, and consequently, their life became blessed, and you were blessed by them. Okay? So as you and I seek to live generously, as you and I seek to give sacrificially, it is possible. It is possible. You know people in your lives who have done this, and they have touched your life, and the question is, how are you going to respond? What are you going to do? How are you going to be known? Are you in someone's story that's th- that they think of you when they think of sacrifice and, and being generous? God knows our struggle to live financially according to his ways. He knows that. And we can be free to confess it, verses 5 and 6. Lord, I wish my way matched up with your way financially. So Lord, help me. What I want to do in the few minutes that I have left is to share with you two practical ways that my wife, Deb, and I seek to live generously in our own lives. And just for context, we have three kids, which kind of always throw off our budget, right? We have an 18-year-old who's a freshman in college. We have a 16-year-old son named Ben and a 14-year-old daughter. So that's the context. Mom, dad, and three teenagers. And we're seeking to try to understand God's way of handling money and to live generously with both our time, our talent, and our treasure. And the first way that we seek to do this is that we want to be people, and I call them STP people. Okay? Can you say that? STP. We want to be people who, who are scheduled tomorrow people. Now let me unpack this. When we think about our treasure and our time, as we seek to have our ways match up with God's invitations for us to be generously, Deb and I seek to be, and we're trying to teach our kids, 18, 16, 14, to be STP people, schedule tomorrow people. When I get a calendar, and I already have my 200, my 220, my 2020 calendar, and my wife got it for me. And you know what the first thing I did was? I put in the, five, the four birthdays of my wife and three kids because those are important to me. Those, I wanna, those are, in a sense, sacred days. I will not travel on their days. I want to put an X on those days and say, I am home because I value you. I schedule tomorrow the things that are important to me. Okay? But I also schedule appointments in, I serve on some nonprofit boards and I schedule those things in as well. I want to align my life with things that are of value to me. So every second Tuesday I do this and every, whatever it is, every third Thursday I go to that meeting. I want to schedule tomorrow things that are important to me because if I don't, I just know the urgent is going to take over. And the same is true financially. I went to your website this last week. My goodness, you guys have an incredible website in this app. You guys can give in more ways than I can ever see at any church. I mean, you can online, you can text, you can... I don't even know, there are like four or five different ways. The point is, this church is making it possible for you to say, Community Covenant Church, I'm committed to you. I want to align my life, my pocketbook with you. I want to support you in and out because I believe in your mission to heal, to bring hope and that help make people whole. And so we want to online give regularly 
whether we're here or not, because we believe in this mission. We want to schedule tomorrow, every week or every month. That's how we do it, every month. We want to schedule those things because they are important to us. And if we don't schedule them, guess what? The urgent is going to take over. And I'm going to forget. Even though I value this place. Okay? How do we do this? I just mentioned we automate our giving and we schedule into our calendars things that are that are really important. We want to be schedule tomorrow people. Okay? The other way that we seek to make this practical is that we want to be spontaneous today people. Another STP. I'm a banker's son, and so my dad just, because of my mom's example, and we were scheduled, and I might even say rigid. All right? We, you know, they had a way, and that was the Hedberg way, and that was the way where we were to do things. And then I got married. And guess what? My wife's family didn't think like my family on all things. I mean, th- this, was, this was a bombshell to me, right? Doesn't everyone parent like my parents parent? And when it came to giving money, my wife didn't really care about giving. Um, now, hear this full sentence. Don't just tweet my wife and say that she didn't care. Um, my wife was more spontaneous in the moment kind of person. That when she saw a need, heard of a need from a friend or a coworker, when she got something in the mail, she wanted to respond spontaneously. In a sense, listening to God's Spirit and saying, Lord, is this it? How can I respond? Well, remember, I was the banker's son. And so initially in our marriage, and this brought a lot of conflict, let me just be honest. I said, honey, we've given our tithe. It's going here, 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 here. It goes here on this day. This much goes there on that day. This much goes there. And we don't have anything left to be spontaneous with. And she basically said, then we have a problem. Because her heart, although she's inclined and committed to supporting certain things regularly, very important, but her hunger was like that boy with the fish saying, Lord, today, with what I have, I want to give this spontaneously to you now. It wasn't planned for, but I sense a need and I want to respond. And so she's, again, more inclined to be spontaneous And slowly this banker's son relented and created margin in our budget for us to be spontaneous with in the day, each day. And you know what? I love it. I love it. Rather than scheduling things and kind of forgetting about them, saying, oh, yes, I'm committed to that, I'm committed to that, I'm committed to that. Now I go through my day, almost each day, going, Lord, I see a need or I hear a need. Here, if I need, Lord, is this something that you want me to respond to? Lord, is this person really sincere in their need? And I spontaneously can decide. In a sense, um, I get connected with our God more often in deeper ways because I'm always having, trying to be alert for spontaneous ways for me to respond generously. It's true with money, and it's true with time. Some of you are going, well, Tim, I'm like you, the banker's son. I'm scheduled, I'm automated, I got the app all figured out, I'm dialed in. Some of you are like, no way, Jose, I'm spontaneous here, there. If you don't know who you are, ask your spouse, they'll tell you which one you are. If you don't have a spouse, look at your calendar to see if 
if you have a 2020 calendar, if you don't, you're probably spontaneous. If you do, you're probably scheduled. Or look at your checkbook. If you see regularly on the first of every month you give here or there, then you're scheduled. If you if it's random or you've forgotten for three or four months, it's probably you're probably more spontaneous. For us, we've realized that we need this balance of schedule tomorrow people and be spontaneous today people because we see both in the Bible. Okay? I come here this morning not wanting anything from you. I come here this morning wanting something for you. As Deb and I discovered, as we sought to close this chasm between our way of handling money and God's invitation for us to do it His way, so I want the same for each of you. That you would think about how you do generosity and how you do sacrifice. And if it tends to be all spontaneous and helter-skelter, perhaps you need to think, no, 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 what are those intangibles, those things that we commit to and want to align ourselves uh, with? so that we can have this legacy after us. And if that's too much your way, too much scheduling, perhaps you need to loosen up like this banker's son needed to do and say, Lord, what do you want me to do today, in this moment, to be more spontaneous? And you know the joy that you have when you know that you're committed to certain things regularly? I'm in. I'm a card-carrying member. I'm a supporter of Community Covenant Church in Eagle River. But I also have the ability to be spontaneous in the now to needs around me. And when you live that way, the gap closes, that chasm closes, and you live according to that blessed way of verses 1 through 4. So this afternoon, after the second service, I'm going to unpack this a little bit more. My job now is to help people be generous and to be wise stewards of what they've been given. To talk about estate planning, I know it's so boring. But it's important. You can leave a legacy that can touch generations. And about financial management, about being good stewards. And I'm here this week, and I can meet with you and talk further about about your particular story. But thank you for having me. All of you got up early on Sunday morning at 9 o'clock because you desire to follow God's ways. What if we would consider to do that at a deeper level financially? And if I can help you with anything like that, I'd be honored to do so. Let me pray for you, please. God, thank you for this precious church. Thank you for their legacy. Thank you for the work that you are doing within them. And Lord, may the truths that I have spoken find roots in their hearts and prompt them to ask each person, Lord, Is there something I need to commit to regularly, schedule in regularly with my money or time? And Lord, as well, would you prompt their heart to ask the question, Lord, is there anything I can do spontaneously? Is there a one-time need or a person I can go visit spontaneously? that needs some encouragement. God, thank you that you invite us into your story. Thank you that you've given us a community to be a part of. Thank you that we are not alone, that your Father, Son, and Holy Spirit accompany us. And thank you, Lord, 
that when we live according to your ways, our life is blessed, but the lives of others in our community is blessed as well. We pray all this in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. Hey, thank you, Tim. You're welcome. Appreciate that. Yeah. And uh, that'll be right after the second service, upstairs in the youth room. And I understand there'll be a light lunch provided, and uh, he'll unpack further some of the concepts and things that he was talking about today. Uh, Good stuff. And uh, I hope that you will avail yourself uh, to Tim. He'll also be available during the week, as he said. If you'd like to schedule a meeting with him, uh, he'll be available to meet with you as well. Thank you. You know, when we think of generosity, and it's uh, Communion Sunday, uh, we think of uh, the Lord, don't we? For God so loved the world that he gave. He gave his only son, that whoever would believe in him uh, would not perish, would not suffer the penalty for their sin, but instead have forgiveness and be given eternal life. What an important thing for us to remember. What an what important path to follow. The one that Jesus himself has created for us. In fact, uh, it was right before he went to the cross, he gathered his disciples with him. And they had a meal. We know it as the Last Supper, don't we? Uh, and at that meal, he wanted to encourage them to remember, not to forget uh, the sacrifice that he was going to make for them. And so when we think of the ultimate connection, I want you to think about this. That we are connected from the beginning. Those very first followers of Jesus, when he broke bread and, and they celebrated what we now know as, as communion together that Christians through the centuries would gather in a like manner and do the same thing to remember God's generosity in giving the life of His Son. And so Jesus gathered His disciples and after He had given thanks, He took the bread and He broke it. And He said, This is my body which is broken which is given for you now whenever you eat this eat this in remembrance of me a little later on he took the cup and he said this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Whenever you drink from this cup, drink in remembrance of me. So that whenever we gather together and we eat the bread and we drink from the cup, We declare our Savior's sacrifice, His death on the cross for us until He comes again. 
And Jesus is coming again. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ is coming again. As we come this morning to communion, anyone who is a a follower of Jesus Christ is welcome. Or as um, one person told me that on a particular Sunday, it was a communion Sunday, they got up out of their seat and they came to the table for the very first time. And that was the day that they said, Jesus, I'm all in. I want to follow you. And so if that's you today, if perhaps you <clears throat> you came in here not a follower of Jesus, but you want to be, this table is welcome for you as well. What a way to begin your journey with Jesus and to come to his table and to remember his sacrifice for you. We're going to um, take uh, the, the wafer together. Uh, take the wafer when you're ready. Hold the cup. And we will drink that together. But as you come, let's come in remembrance and let's come remembering Jesus and God's generosity. And let's come asking the Lord to help us walk in his ways. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning. And as we come to your table, we do remember the gift of your Son, Jesus. Father, as we celebrate the ultimate connection, life together with Christ in the center, Lord, may we live questionable lives. May our generosity be questionable. That others might look at us and say, Why? Why are you so generous? And we can point to this table and remember And say it's because of the generosity of our God. Lord, would you bless us this morning? Would you fill us? Lord, would you encourage us as we come to this table and we remember how great is the salvation that is ours through Christ. We pray these things now, and we ask them in the name of Jesus, our risen Savior. Amen. Come to the table as you're ready.